5.30. I'd like to call this uh, meeting of the Plan Commission to order. Uh, we have a quorum. I'd like to remind everyone in the galleries to please turn off your cell phones. And uh, if you're interested in having a better view of the proceedings, you're welcome to sit in the last couple of rows back here. So, uh, we have a quorum. Anyone registered for public comment? No. Uh, communications, disclosures, and recusals? Uh, Alder Zellers? I will be abstaining from the vote on the minutes from the last meeting because I wasn't here. Okay, I don't know that you need to declare that. Uh, I have uh, one. I know the, uh, the applicant for number six. I don't think it will interfere with my ability to uh, proceed in chairing the hearing on that. Alder Zellers again? Yes, I do have one other thing. Um, uh, one of the um, concerned parties for um, our agenda item eight also reached out to me, and I did speak to him, and that will not impact my ability to um, um, well, assess that. I have the same. Thank you. Whoops. Mr. Rui? I also know the applicant for number six. It won't impact my uh, decision. Thank you. Minutes of the May 23rd meeting. Uh, Mr. Cantrell moves approval, seconded by Mr. Pilevsky. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Passes unanimously. Uh, schedule of meetings. We've got one more in June on the 27th, and then two in July on the 11th and 25th. Anybody going to be missing for any of these meetings? Right. Okay. Summer in the city. Special meeting in August that we're coming. Oh, to. right, right. You should have all received a notice of a, a special meeting on the date is uh, August 15th. The uh, Monday. The, the communication back was we've got a bare quorum, so those of you especially who said you would be there, if circumstances change, please let staff and me know about that. Um, special item of business plan commission appointment to the long range transportation planning committee currently held by Mr. Pilevsky uh, are you interested in continuing to serve in that position oh, yeah. uh, is there a motion <laughs> moved by Mr. Rui seconded by uh, Mr. Cantrell to reappoint Mr. Pilevsky to that position. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Let the record show it passed unanimously. That brings us to routine business. We have one item of routine business. Uh, item one is Legistar 43209. A declaration of a public bus shelter easement um, on the Monona Golf Course in the 300 block of Plum Road. Is there a motion to approve? 
<clears throat> Moved by Mr. Cantrell, seconded by Mr. Rui. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Opposed, no. Passes. Uh, n- new business. Item 2, Legistar 43189. Adopting a public engagement plan for the City of Madison comprehensive plan update and authorizing planning division staff to undertake actions necessary to implement the plan. Ms. Stutter, welcome back. It's been a while. Thank you. It's good to be here. So as you're aware, the the city will be working over the next two years to update our comprehensive plan with, with the guidance of this body. And the first step for that process as required by the state statute is the adoption of a public engagement plan that was included in the in the back of your packets it's this three page um, three page brief public engagement plan and I just want to provide a, a pretty brief overview of it and take any questions that you might have at this point what we're here for this evening is to to basically get your blessing get a recommendation to the council to adopt this we will be hoping to take this to the common council on June 21st so that we can begin to implement the the public engagement for this planning process so the comprehensive plan will look out 20 years and provide a policy direction for land use housing transportation economic development and other elements And this is an ambitious public engagement plan to engage city residents in the process to help us check our assumptions about the key issues facing Madison and to establish near-term priorities for policy action and investment. Over the last several weeks, um, a few of us on staff have met with the city's racial justice and social equity core team and over a dozen individuals from community organizations across the city And all have provided really valuable feedback and ideas on this plan. And and we'll continue to use that feedback to shape the details for each of our public engagement techniques that we'd like to use. Um, The overarching strategies that we focused on for for public engagement are six. Um, First, actively engage underrepresented groups. Second, use technology to maximize outreach and engagement opportunities. Third, strengthen partnerships to encourage involvement. Fourth, provide ways for people to participate a little or a lot throughout the process. Fifth, clearly explain to people how their input will be used. And then finally, be responsive to ideas for improvement. For the first time in a process like this, we'd like to really focus on building strong partnerships by funding community liaisons to help broaden and deepen engagement with people who haven't typically been involved in our planning processes. We're also planning to work with a private Uh, web developer on an interactive website for the process for the duration of the process which will likely go live in September while people will be able to learn and contribute throughout the two-year process we're envisioning three intense phases of public engagement um, starting in the fall of, of this year with our issues and goals and the spring of next year spring of 2017 Uh, focusing on approaches and policies and then in the fall of 2017 really looking at prioritization and and taking our comprehensive plan to the next level to to look at what we can do over the next 5, 10, 15 and 20 years in order of priority and then finally we do anticipate adoption of the new comprehensive plan in the winter and spring of 2018 So we'll be evaluating participation opportunities throughout the process and we'll constantly look for ways to improve um, that can fit within our time frame and and overall budget for the update. We'll spend this summer gearing up for a fall 2016 kickoff and we'd like to hold a a follow-up plan commission work session with you in either August or early September 
Among the items on that agenda, we'd like to provide an update to you on, on the further details for public engagement that we work out between now and then. Um, but as of this evening, that's what we have to present and happy to take questions. Um, and again, we're looking for a recommendation to the council to adopt the public engagement plan. Uh, are there other questions from the starter? Uh, I wonder, given um, that we're going to have a special meeting on August 15th, if we could take that up at, at that time as well. Time permitting, I think I think we could we could surely prepare for that for an August 15th meeting. Yeah, I think if we schedule a two-hour meeting with two items, we'll get we'll get them done. If we schedule two meetings, it'll take four hours. We'll accomplish the same amount. <laughs> so I see. Let's go for it. Thank you. No, there are no questions. Do we need a motion on this? Okay. Uh, we need we need a, a motion to adopt the public engagement plan. Uh, moved by Mr. Rui, seconded by Mr. Cantrell. Any discussion? Uh, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. Opposed, no. That passes. Um, I get the secretary's report we can take up. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, upcoming matters, uh, June 27th, uh, we have a, I guess, uh, what's on here? Renovation of, oh, uh, renovation of Whitty Hall uh, at 615 West Johnson Street. Um, should be an interesting one there. Uh, and July 11th, uh, 109, 115th South Fair Oaks. That's Garber coming back to us. So uh, see that. I think it's a, um, they've got a lot more detail than they did uh, the previous time they came to the commission. Uh, 115 South Bassett was a PD alteration, uh, doing some exterior building alterations. Um, a few other items uh, were some conditional uses of some single-family residences. I think we also have uh, likely some referrals tonight uh, that will be on our next meeting. Um, but for the most part, that's, those are the highlights. Okay, thank you. Um, I believe that's all we can do until 5:45, so we'll be informal for about five minutes. Don't go too far. We're back in session, people. Uh, I want to remind everybody who came in since my last announcement, please turn off your cell phones. There will be consequences. Okay, we are at the public hearing portion of our agenda. And for those of you who aren't regulars here, I'll explain how we handle this. We have what we call a consent agenda at which we take up all of the items that are completely non-controversial. No one insists on speaking. Uh, no one is opposed. We also include on this agenda items that are going to be referred to a subsequent meeting. We take them all up at once. We dispose of them. And then we get back to the issues that require uh, more deliberation. So with that... Uh, I will read off the items that are to be referred or on consent. Um, item five is uh, Legistar 41146, uh, an alteration to an approved conditional use to consider design modifications at 425 West Washington Avenue to be referred to our 27 
June meeting. Uh, item number seven, Legistar 42304, uh, conditional use to allow construction of a single family residence in excess of 10,000 square feet at 815 Big Stone Trail. Uh, item nine, Legistar 42560, a conditional use to allow construction of a multi-tenant retail building with vehicle access sales and service window at 5251 High Crossing Boulevard. Item 10, uh, Legistar 42563, uh, uh, couple of actions at 5702 to 5712 Odana Road is being referred to June 27th. Item 11, uh, Legistar 42744, uh, uh, conditional use at 4814 Freedom Ring Road is being referred to our June 27th meeting. Uh, we have two registrants for item 12, Caitlin uh, Su 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 Semnect, 1410 West Skyline Drive and support available to answer questions. Greg Falk, 5 Wallingford Circle and support available to answer questions. That's, a, uh, that's on item 12, uh, Legistar 42745, an outdoor eating area for a restaurant tavern at 2701 Monroe Street. Hmm? People with green sheets, you need to have those in by now. Item 13, Legistar 42746. Uh, this is a uh, conditional use to allow demolition and construction of a new single family residence with detached accessory dwelling unit at 906 East Mifflin Street. We have a registrant, Jacob Morrison, 1933 Kyes Avenue, in support available to answer questions. Uh, representing the applicant. Item 14, Legistar 42747, uh, construction of an office building exceeding 68 feet in height at 2921 Landmark Place. Item 16, Legistar 427, item, on item 14. Okay, we've got uh, we've got two registrants on item 14. I'm moving back to that. Doug Hirsch, 749 University Row, in support, available to answer questions, representing MIG Commercial Real Estate, and Brandy Zander, 3001 West Beltline Highway, uh, same, MIG Commercial Real Estate. That's item 14. Item 15, Legistar 42748, uh, uh, to construct additions to an existing single-family residence at 5144 Spring Court. That's the next one. 
And finally, um, number 16, Legislar 42320, uh, approving a certified certi survey map of properties owned by Bethany Evangelical Free Church and David and Jerry Ann Carlson, located at 310 Clemens Avenue and 301 Riverside Drive. We have a registrant, David uh, Carlson, 2818 Wayland Drive, in support available to answer questions representing Bethany Evangelical Free Church. Mr. Chair, we have two late registrations. This one you might want to clarify. Okay. Um, well, before we pull the plug and vote on these, we have two late registrations which may pull one of them off. Um, on item 12, um, which is 2701 Monroe Street, uh, one of our registrants, Carly Blackmore, 701 Knickerbocker Street, is registered in support wishing to speak. Would you be happy to not speak if we pass this quickly? Okay, thank you for that. We'll change you to available to answer questions. And Kelly Blackmore, 701 uh, Knickerbocker Street, also in support available to answer questions. So, that brings us, I believe, to the end of the consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda and referrals moved by Mr. Cantrell, second, seconded by Ms. Berger? Mr. Furco? Uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Just wanted to note that in your packets there is a, a late email um, from Alder Eskridge regarding item number 12. So just want to make sure the Planning Commission was aware of that. That's in your materials. Oh, oh, right. Okay, everybody's aware of that email. Then all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. They pass unanimously. Everybody who's here on those items can go enjoy the rest of your evening. And we will go back to items three and four, 601 Langdon Street. Uh, Mr. Furco, start us off, please. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, before you this evening, there is a zoning map amendment request from the Plan Development um, GDP SIP District to an amended PD GDP SIP District and a conditional use request. Uh, this is in regards to the Graduate Madison Hotel on the corner of Lang Langdon Street and North Francis. As far as a little bit of background, the hotel was constructed in 1960. It was converted to planned, development zoning, planned unit development zoning in 2001 to allow for some different modifications. Most recently, this was before the Plan Commission in September 2014, as other modifications, including a rooftop restaurant and a rear stair addition, uh, were approved by this body. Now, there are two components to the current request. The first component is to establish an outdoor walk-up service window on the North Francis elevation. Uh, this is noted in your materials, and as staff noted in our staff report, the planning division does not have concerns regarding this aspect of the request. The second component of this request are for rooftop modifications. Uh, this is to approve existing HVAC equipment that was, that was constructed not in accordance to the plans that were before this body back in 2014. Um, and this also includes the, the, the HVAC and equipment which is there and then the proposed screening which is shown in the plans. 
If you look at your materials, there are before and afters that are provided with those materials showing the existing conditions and then the proposed condition with the screening as requested by the applicant. Now, the planning division, while we're concerned about projects that are not constructed in accordance to approved plans, we do believe that had this rooftop equipment with appropriate screening had been shown in 2014, we believe it would have been possible to find the standards met and approve that item. Staff notes that the UDC reviewed this request at its last meeting on June 1st and did recommend approval with no additional conditions. And uh, with that, staff believes the standards can be met and do recommend approval. Uh, we are available to answer questions after the public hearing. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Furco. Um, we'll get back to you with more questions, I'm sure, after the public hearing. Uh, I will open the public hearing. Uh, we have three registrants, none wishing to speak, uh, all available to answer questions. Uh, Maya Zahn Rhein, uh, 22 East Mifflin Street, representing. AJ Capital Partners, 133 North Jefferson, Chicago. Amy McNally, 6515 Grand Teton. And Bill. Bill Wellner? Wellman. Wellman. Um, 601 Langdon Street. They are all in support, available to answer questions, but. Uh, no one is registered to speak. Do you wish to hear from anybody, Mr. Rui? Thank you. I just had one question. I wasn't sure if uh, it was still status quo. Is the originally approved bike parking still going to be where it shows? You need to, and don't answer the question from there. Whoever's going to answer whoever, the question. Whoever can answer that. Can, needs come on to up. come up to the mic. Yes. <clears throat> Bike parking will be where you see it on the plans, where where it had been showed, Correct. shown on what we originally approved. Okay, thank you. Don't go away. Okay. Now that we have you here, there'll be others. Uh, Mr. Shepard. Hi. Um, just a simple question about the walk-up service window. Yes, what exactly will be served there, and are there issues in terms of maybe congestion on the? The volume isn't significant. Uh, it primarily serves hotel guests right now with some outside business. Um, we're hoping to increase a little bit of that and kind of make it available to the neighborhood. Um, we do serve little hand pies, salads, smoothies. Um, we serve wine and beer in the restaurant, but we won't be offering that uh, through the walk-up window. Uh, we may do 40, 50, 60 people a day uh, in the cafe right now, so we don't really see that. It's a pretty pretty wide open area. We've got some tables there right now that we'll re range obviously once that's constructed to allow for that but we don't see it by any means being a significant congestion issue at all all right thank you uh, i've got a question for yeah. you about the roof um, why was it that you made the changes you made without coming back to um, the city for proper approval we're going to bring our architect in for that in terms of the timing i, I certainly understand what happened but Hi, and you are? Uh, Amy McNally. I'm the architect with Mission 4 Madison. Okay. Um, what happened is it was a design-build project, and they changed the type of HVAC system um, after we started construction. And due to some turnover at the owner's side, um, we were, it just didn't happen that we came back to the city for approvals at that time. Okay, you're a Madison architect, are you not? Yes. 
And so you understand the rules? I do now, yes. Oh, you didn't then? Well, I've, only, I've been here less than two years, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, thank you. Are there any additional questions for the registrants while we have them up here? No? All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if there are no further questions, um, I will close the public hearing. Uh, questions of staff? Then, uh, <clears throat> Ms. Berger. I, I believe we've had something like this come before where a change was made and um, nobody at the city was made aware of it. But can you just discuss why, why, isn't, why aren't things like this caught during final sign-off by other, by building inspection or other folks and have some of these processes been changed or are they being talked about being changed so that things like this don't slip through the cracks in the future? Mr. Tucker, or Ms. Mr. Tucker, do you want to do this? Sure. <clears throat> so, um, so what happens is uh, we have had cases like this, um, and I, they kind of fall into two groups, I would say. One is uh, sort of new construction, and one is maybe renovation to existing buildings. And this falls into that second category. And what happens is projects go through the final sign-off, and they are uh, approved as such. Uh, the building... Um, uh, construction folks will submit their building plans and they're checked against the zoning plans to check for consistency. That's one of the things my staff has to do. It's actually very frustrating uh, when we find people have changed the plans and don't talk to us about it, but we have to go through them with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that they match. If they don't match, they need to obtain an alteration. What happens in a case like this is they went through all those checks and balances and reviews, and as best as we can tell, they just went ahead in the field and changed their plans. They had their mechanical contractors change plans, and the plans that they submit to us for mechanical systems, they don't go past basically the people that review furnaces and HVAC equipment for the mechanical side of things. The architectural side of it is not submitted. So it's very unfortunate it, it, uh, when it does happen, but that's kind of how the gap is created. And um, our building inspectors are usually very good about uh, no noting this problem. In fact, this was noted to us by the building inspector, but the contractor went ahead. I believe the space was even open during renovation or partially open, some of the levels. I'm sorry, sir. Okay, the hotel was closed down for three months, he said. So there was, a, there was a narrow gap there, and they were proceeding as they desired. I think, I think they understand the problem, though, and uh, um, it's sort of a, a, a known condition that the city of Madison is looking closely at how people build their buildings, but also there's a really significant um, amount of uh, uh, review that goes into the buildings being built, even by you folks, more than may have ever been in the past. That's the world that we work in today. Any additional questions? Then a motion would be in order. Mr. Cantrell, let me. I'll move approval of um, the, the alteration. Are you approving, um, moving both items three and four? Uh, yes. Okay. Seconded by Mr. Rui. Uh, discussion, Mr. Cantrell? Yes. Um, I, I guess. I, I'm supporting this uh, because I think that staff would have approved this alteration uh, if it would have come to their attention before it was implemented. But I'm, I'm disturbed by the fact that it was changed without ask, without asking, without um, prior per permission. And so I guess um, 
uh, hopefully we, we learn from this, and hopefully the architect and, and others have learned from this as well. But again, my support is based on the fact that I think that staff would have approved this if it would have been brought forward in a timely fashion. Uh, but with that, that's uh, recommending that it be approved. Thank you. Uh, anyone else on the motion? Seeing none, then all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. That passes unanimously. <clears throat> um, we are moving on to item six. Legistar uh, 42303. A demolition permit, uh, a demolition and constructing a new single family residence at 3303 Gregory Street. Ms. Vaughn. Ms. Vaughn. Thank you and good evening. Before the commission this evening is a request for a demolition permit to demolish an existing single family residence for the purpose of constructing a new single family residence. The project site is located on the southwest corner of Western and Gregory Streets and is within the Dudgeon Monroe neighborhood. As part of the demolition permit request, the applicant is proposing the construction of a one-story, roughly 1,700-square-foot single-family home with an attached garage that is roughly 413 square feet and a full basement that is partially finished. The historic site access and building orientation will be maintained, including the driveway access from Western Avenue as well as the front door entry along Gregory Street. Uh, the proposed building is a prairie-inspired prairie ranch design with a flat roof that is primarily clad in cedar siding with bricks accents, all of which are materials that are commonly found throughout the neighborhood. Um, in order to improve the demolition permit, Plan Commission must find the, that the proposed demolition and future use do indeed meet the demolition permit and permit approval standards, including those related to the applicable zoning district provisions, the adopted neighborhood plans, the city's comprehensive plan, as well as consistency with the uh, report from the city's historic preservation planner. In this case, staff believes, believes that the proposed demolition and future use is consistent with the zoning plan, the comprehensive plan, and the adopted neighborhood plan, in that the existing the single-family residential land use and development pattern that is prevalent within the neighborhood is being maintained. The proposed new construction construction is compatible with the existing development pattern in terms of mass and scale. The project site being located in the Dudgeon Monroe neighborhood, which is an area that is marked for its eclectic mix of architectural styles, including ranch, cottages, bungalow, and colonial style homes. The, the proposed architectural style of the new residence is a prairie-inspired ranch design motif that is generally minimalistic in style and detail, and it will fit in nicely with the eclectic mix of architecture already present within the neighborhood. And finally, the proposed demolition was reviewed by the Landmarks Commission at its March 14, 2016 meeting and the City's Historic Preservation Planner. The existing structure was found to have no known historic value. And at the time of writing the report, one public comment was received. That was on behalf of the Dudgeon Monroe Neighborhood Association Council, and the comment expressed support for the proposed demolition as well as the new construction. Uh, for these reasons, the Planning Division recommends that the Planning Commission approve the requested demolition permit. Thank you, Ms. Vaughn. You're welcome. Oh, I would. Whoops. Oh, sorry. I would just add one more thing that we've been kind of working on the fly with the applicant and engineering to potentially change condition number three. And I know that um, condition number three is the sidewalk. Yes, Correct. exactly. 
and the applicant will address that in their presentation. And Chris Petitkowski from Engineering is also here to answer any questions. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. We have one registrant, the applicant, Melissa Mulliken, 3306 Gregory Street, in support wishing to speak. Ms. Mulliken, you've got three minutes. If you need an additional one, uh, we'd be happy to give it to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for all that all of you do for this great city of ours. I think we can, we, there's been a settlement before trial here. I think that uh, uh, we have talked to the, uh, the engineer and Ms. Vaughn, and uh, the city is willing to, for some considerations from us, delay uh, the sidewalk until Gregory, such time as Gregory is improved in 2019 or whenever that might be. Uh, so we will grant the city an easy for grading at such time as they need to uh, build the sidewalk. Uh, we will also share with them our elevations so we don't have a house that's built below the sidewalk, I guess. And we will, uh, we will, uh, we will not waive our right to uh, discuss this more when, when and if it comes before you again, but we will tell you all that we uh, realize it may come up again. I think that was, those were the three waivers we were asked to grant, and we are happy to do so. Thank you. Uh, are, are there questions from Ms. Mulligan? Then thank you. Thank you. Um, I will close the public hearing and ask uh, Chris Petakowski from City Engineering who was here. You push your button so I know which uh, mic to like. Thank you. Uh, to explain the, the language that will go along with this agreement. So... Um, as, as uh, she mentioned, we would uh, remove the condition that requires the building of the sidewalk right now and add three, three new conditions. The first condition would be the applicant shall execute a waiver of notice and hearing on the assessments for the improvement of Gregory Street and Western Avenue in accordance uh, with Section 66 of Wisconsin Statutes. Uh, that is essentially going on record that she knows the project is coming and, and, and waiving her right to the public hearing. Uh, the second is the applicant shall dedicate a permanent limited easement for grading and sloping five feet wide along Gregory Street and Western Avenue. So that will uh, uh, allow, uh, uh, that would be a, a grading easement for engineering when the project comes along to install the sidewalk and, and, and match grades on, on the property. And then lastly, uh, applicants shall provide the city engineer the proposed grade of the building entrances relative to the adjacent roadways, and the city engineer shall approve the grade of the entrances prior to signing off on this development. So we're going to work with the uh, with the uh, builder and make sure that the uh, building first floor elevation will would match with a future sidewalk design. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Rui. You have questions for Mr. Berkowski? Okay. Uh, is it possible that you could uh, work with the with the redevelopment of the site that they could grade it pretty close to what you'd require for the future sidewalk? Yes, that is possible. Yes. Okay. Would you, so you could be working with them with that on that. In terms yep. Yeah, that would be our intention. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Any additional questions for um, Mr. Petakowski or Ms. Vaughn? <clears throat> Uh, Ms. Mulliken, would you nod, if, just nod if you agree with the conditions that 
Mr. Fedekowski outlined? Can I not from here? Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking's not allowed, so. Thank you. So just to be doubly sure. So um, no questions for staff. Then uh, all those in favor of the motion, motion. we oh, we have we don't have a motion. Um, Mr. Cantrell, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, I'll move approval of this item with the uh, elimination of uh, condition three and the addition of the three conditions as the um, Mr. Uh, Petakowski. Petakowski has uh, suggested the waiver of notice, the dedication of the uh, uh, grading easement, and the applicant shall provide the grades to the city for their sign-off uh, and the additional language that he suggested. Second. Is there a second? Um, Seconded by Mr. Pilevsky. Uh Discussion of the motion, Mr. Cantrell. I, I um, support this. I'm uh, very happy that you, this is a nice infill house and, and removing kind of a blight for that neighborhood. Um, I'm also supportive of sidewalks uh, in, in, uh, uh, in general in the city, and this will complete um, uh, two blocks that don't have them right now, even though there is sidewalk on the north side of the Gregory Street, I think that sidewalks are important, and, and sidewalks on some of the other streets in the neighborhood, I think, um, uh, routing to the school and, um, is also important, and that may be addressed in the future. But, but in this case, I think uh, we, we resolve this um, issue, and I think it, putting the sidewalk in when the street goes in is very appropriate. Uh, therefore, I'm uh, very supportive of this. Thank you. Mr. Rui? Thank you. I just wanted to commend uh, Mr. Petakowski for a job well done. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Rui. Mr. Petakowski, you should come more often. Mr. Rui doesn't give those out a lot. <laughs> okay. Any further discussion? Uh, all those in favor of the motion as amended signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. It passes unanimously. Okay. Uh, that brings us to, I believe, the last item for our discussion tonight, item 8, Legistar 42307, uh, a conditional use to construct an outdoor recreation area, expand the parking area, increase the capacity, and modify the floor plan for an approved outdoor eating area and approve a parking reduction, all for a restaurant tavern at 1313 Regent Street and 7 South Randall Avenue. That is one long sentence. Um, Mr. Furkow, again. Mr. Furkow has this one. Yes, thank you, Welcome Mr. Welcome back. Yes, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, as the Chair mentioned, we have a conditional use request, and there are multiple components to that uh, conditional use request. And I'll just summarize those quickly. Those are noted in the staff report. The uh, first component is uh, the addition of outdoor recreation and uh, area, and in this case, it's two sand volleyball courts that are being proposed behind the structure. As far as the layout of the structure, two, two uh, courts are going to be provided, uh, enclosed largely by a six proposed with a, a six-foot wooden fence. Lighting details show the addition of one 20-foot pole that will be centered in between the, the, the two cords. Um, from an operations standpoint, the applicant requests approval to operate from noon to 10.30 um, during uh, weekends. Uh, I'm sorry, from uh, 5.30 to 10.30 on weekdays and noon to 10.30 on weekends. 
Um, staff has recommended some conditions related to the sand volleyball courts. First, we reckon some, recommend some modifications to the, the fencing details to provide a, bit, a taller fence where it abuts uh, nearby residential structures. And we also recommend some further restrictions to the operations, um, hours of operations as noted in your report. Uh, staff also note the conditional use request includes the addition of eight parking stalls on a, an adjacent lot that is being incorporated into this site. That's shown on your site plan, and it shows eight parallel parking stalls uh, will be provided. Uh, next request is an increase to the outdoor eating capacity. For those of you that remember this request that was before you last fall, this portion of the, uh, the, the uh, facility was approved with a capacity of 58 persons. Capacity was considered quite closely at that time to impart the impacts on surrounding properties and to the impacts on the parking count. Uh, as part of this request is a parking reduction, and that's based on the capacity of the development. So the higher the capacity, the higher the zoning requirement for parking. So part of the previous consideration was a capacity of 58 persons. The applicant requests to increase that to 82 persons, as noted in the materials in your packets. Another change is modify the layout of the outdoor eating area. The primary change is the shape is changing to accommodate the outdoor volleyball courts, as shown. And the other change is the addition to an outdoor bar that is shown on, on the plans as well. Finally, the other conditional use request is a parking reduction. Back last fall, this was approved with a parking reduction of 88 stalls. And again, this is before you for an 88-stall parking reduction, but it's a different 88-stall parking reduction. The applicant is increasing the capacity, which is increasing the zoning requirement for parking. However, with the addition of the other lot, the supply of parking is going up. So the math turns out that it's still an 88-stall parking request, but it's a different 88-stall parking request. The staff report notes the conditional use standards apply to this request, and this body would need to find that all of those standards are met in order to approve this request, and this includes a standard specific to parking reduction requests. As noted in the materials, uh, the planning division believes that the two alterations that could provide the most impact on surrounding homes would be the increase of capacity at the rear patio and the addition of the two volleyball courts. Now, the report notes at the time of report writing, staff was not aware of concerns. I believe all of you are aware that in your packet there have been several concerns that have been raised over the last uh, couple of days, and I believe there's three or four uh, copies with concerns um, noted in your packet. Also, as late packets, there is a letter of support from the Neighborhood Association and from Alder Eskridge, who uh, could not attend here this evening. Uh, the planning division believes that it, it may be possible to find these standards are met, um, but staff recommends several conditions of approval to uh, minimize the potential impacts. Uh, staff notes that if there are concerns and if there's the possibility that this does not get approved, staff notes that certain findings are required if a, a conditional use is not approved, and certainly please ask staff questions of that if, that, um, if those questions arise after the public hearing. Um, staff will be available to answer questions at that time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Furco. Um, I will open the public hearing. We have a number of registrants, so what I'm going to do is call essentially two at a time so that we've always got somebody lined up ready to come up and move things along. Um, the first registrant is John Bino or Bimo. Bino. Bino. Okay. 612 West Main Street in support. Uh, wishing to speak, representing DK Design Build. 
He will be followed by uh, Rod Ripley. One minute, two in a row. These are the applicants. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we can do it together, too. Hmm? We can do it together. Well, you get, uh, you, you get more time. Okay. You know, whatever, what, which, but whichever way you want to do it is fine with me. All right. Uh, you get three minutes and an additional minute if you need it. Ready? Ready. And go. Okay. Good evening, everyone. I'm John Boehner with TJK. Uh, before you is what we are hoping to get gain approval on, and that is, as staff has very clearly spelled out for you, the two additional volleyball courts, um, the additional um, uh, number of people on the patio, and um, some of the assemblies uh, with the, the fencing and the additional uh, parking. These are highlighted for you on the drawing next to me. Um, we are accepting of all of the recommendations from staff to raise the uh, fence to um, eight feet. We also, on this plan that I have in front of you, have shifted the volleyball courts by three and a half feet, which keeps them out of the patio and creates a nice buffer um, against the sidewalk instead of having an eight-foot fence right up against it. Um, and then we would then take the landscaping that was adjacent to the patio and shift it to the outer edge of the development. Um, we can easily get the uh, information on the fencing. Lighting is compliant. And the request for the patio increase, the number of people, that strictly is a, is a derivative of there's X number of people on the volleyball courts, six per side, 12 per game, 24 total for two volleyball courts. 24 people on the volleyball courts, 24 people waiting for the next game to start. So as soon as they come in, that's what the additional people on the patio are. That's the increase. It's 24 people. Um, and those, as staff has suggested, are spelled out. They're accommodated for in the eight additional parking stalls. Or we're, we're not asking for any real uh, different change to what we had previously approved. Uh, don't go away. I'm not. Okay. Just backing off. Just... Okay. Are there questions for the registrant? Ms. Berger first. Hi. Hi. Um, so it sounds like you moved the volleyball courts up three and a half feet. Correct. Um, does that change your plans to destroy the trees that are on the property? Um, by doing that, we're able to save one tree. The trees that are along the eastern edge are actually on the neighbor's property. There's nothing that we can do with those. We did not intend to lose any of those against the eastern side. There were four that we were removing as part of the volleyball court, one of which is an ash tree, which probably wouldn't make it anyways. Um, so, but by moving those trees, again, the volleyball court's three and a half feet north. We can save one more tree, but we're still going to have to remove three. Why is that? I was at the property, and I know the trees. I understand about the ash, and um, it looks like you'd be saving the maple that's closest to the Bowen Court lot line. Yes. Why do you have to lose the other two maples? The branches were really high up besides maybe one that I could imagine, if trimmed, would it's totally you know, True. clear for your volleyball court. Um, part of it is because of the proximity. While they do fall outside of the volleyball court perimeter themselves, they do fall into the area that we have designated for people going for that, that dive, people going for that um, service, people going for that, that play. Um, as you can see in these drawings, one of them is within 12 inches of the edge of the volleyball court. The other one is in within probably um, two, maybe two and a half feet. And the last one, which is the ash tree, is basically right on the perimeter of the volleyball court itself. Did you look at moving the courts further up so that you could? If we move them further up, we're into the patio and into the trash enclosure, which has already been set. 
Well, it was set differently last time you were here, so it was put now. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ruiz next. Uh, thank you. Got a number of questions if I can remember them. Uh, one is on the uh, fence height. Is the entire fence going to be eight feet now? If that's what staff would like to have, currently we were going to have eight feet on the eastern and southern edges, basically those areas adjacent to Along Bowen volleyball Board. courts. And then the fence that's at this location, we were going to keep at the six foot. Okay. The other, the other another question I've got is the lighting for the volleyball. Mm -hmm. uh, could you explain that lighting a little more than just it's on a 20-foot pole? Sure. It's a four-head LED. Move it back. The people on TV won't see it the way you've got it. I, yeah, you can do that <laughs> The pole is located in between the volleyball courts themselves. It is 20 feet tall, and it has four heads that are LED on it. Um, the light cut sheets were included in the packet. Oh, um, I'm not so much interested in the light cut sheets, but how are the lights going to look? Are they, gonna, are they full cut off straight down? Yes. No angles on them? No. Are you willing to, if there is light... Um, uh, into the neighborhood that you could put shields on them? Yes. Okay. The other question I've got is on uh, the additional parking. You're tied to the sidewalk uh, for two of those parking stalls along, uh, along Randall. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm questioning the interaction between pedestrians on the sidewalk, visibility, and those parked cars, especially if it could be a van or some other larger vehicle. Uh, how are you going to address the fact you don't have the vision? required along the sidewalk for a comfortable pedestrian uh, experience. Those are uh, parallel parking stalls? I know they're parallel. Okay, so I guess maybe I need a little bit more clarification. Well, if you have a van or a large vehicle there, uh, you pretty much plug the vision uh, for, because uh, that's for, for uh, people, because that's an exit. Exit only. It's one exit, so you've got an exit issue with the parked car on each side next to the sidewalk creating a vision issue we've held the we have held the parking stalls as far back as possible um, I don't really know what else answer I can give to you sir well one suggestion is I know you've got ball balls at the other end you might move those ball balls down to the sidewalk instead uh, if you look at the east end of the uh, the parking area yes you've got those uh, the two the bump outs Yes. Might be more effective if you put them down by the sidewalk. I can easily and, take a look at that. And, yeah. and flip them and put them down by the sidewalk to make it work better for the pedestrians. Okay. Uh, who have nothing to do with what's going on. Sure. Uh, the other question, we're talking about parking reduction. Where is the bike parking? Bike parking has not changed. Where is it? Bike parking is located right there. How many? 38 stalls. You really didn't clearly label it this time, I think, from last time. 38. Okay, thank you. That's good. Uh, Alder Zellers is next. Um, is the restaurant now open? It is not yet open. Um, what happened since uh, October when you were here before and got approvals that has led to this kind of uh, significant change? Um, I'll let the owner speak specifically to that question. All that I can say is that it's probably a, um, a, just a natural evolution of the, of the site and of time, but I'll let him answer that question. I, I don't have that. Um, and if the um, outdoor patio um, 
capacity were not increased, what kind of impact would that have? And maybe that's an owner question too. Correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Shepard? Hi. Uh, let's just go back to the volleyball courts just for a moment because I think uh, if there's a way to save those trees, I think that's um, important. I think it, it enhances the property and, and the area. Uh, you mentioned in terms of the size of the volleyball courts that it's necessary if someone's going for that uh, dive or yeah. kill shot, whatever it is. And that, But is there a way to creatively maybe even shorten the um, volleyball courts a little bit and, and put in a special... I don't know, padded wall or something along those lines. My issue that I have with this is it, this is entertainment. People are going there, to, so this isn't, you know, sort of professional, you know, volleyball at its best and that sort of thing. Right. Um, and is there, could there be a compromise there of maybe shortening the, the, the courts a little bit, putting in, uh, once again, a, a wall that is a little bit more substantial or something. So if someone hits into it, you know, right. they're not going to go over or right. through it. But but keep those trees. Is there a way to creatively maintain and keep those trees? Because once they're gone, you know, they're gone. So. And that's a valid request. And, and, and same thing with Ms. Berger. Um, if... There's a couple of things going on. One is the netting that's going to go over the top of these volleyball courts. If we maintain the trees, we, we increase the difficulty with trying to get what staff is asking for with the netting to go over the top of trees along with around the trees. Um, we can try to minimize some of the override area, which is 10 feet, the buffer area outside of the volleyball courts themselves. We've currently got it set at 10 feet. We might be able to move that down a couple of feet to get the, the trees further out, it still doesn't remove the issue of the netting to keep the balls within the court and on our property. Um, Even in terms of maybe trimming the trees a bit, and I'm just trying to visualize sort of The height of the trees like. alone will cause great angst um, to try to get a netting around them. Um, um, so, and, and the long-term play, the long-term expectation for this is the developer wants to ultimately uh, come back and, and redevelop the site um, with multifamily and we had come through sometime even before this was originally approved um, the last go around um, to try to gain some duplexes and um, all our apartments the long-term play is to create a large mixed-use development for this property um, so ultimately the trees will be removed um, so it's just sort of a stepping stone well I know that may not be that's the crystal ball expectation and it may not happen for 10 years um, um, uh, but uh, we yeah, still but, have the trees. Yeah, but that would be 10 years with the trees. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. That's 10 years. All right. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, any um, additional questions for the, this registrant? And thank you. Uh, just to, I, I want to let others know, just in order to achieve consistency, we're going to have two pro uh, speakers in a row, and then um, the remainder will all be against. The next registrant is Rod Ripley, West 11,579 County Road B, Lodi. Um, in support wishing to speak, I believe he is the owner of the facility. Uh, 
Yes, I'm the managing member, principal owner. Um, I have a lot of other investors. Uh, so one of the questions that came up was, uh, you know, what changed? So back in October, we had proposed an apartment building, and we ran into, because Bowen Court is so narrow, we ran into a problem with the fire department approving the site. So what I instructed John Bino and TJK to do is I said, let's just get our liquor license approved. Let's kind of take the winter and figure out what we can do with this area and then come back. The other thing that changed is we purchased Seven Randall in, January, or in December of last year. So um, one of the concerns we had a year ago or last October was the number of parking spaces and the reduction. So in discussions with Matt Tucker, I went to him and said, hey, what do you think about adding volleyball if I can give you eight more parking spots? So that's, I think, the big thing that changed from last year to this year. Um, and, and from our investor standpoint, we have an underutilized site. So what we're trying to do is come up with a way where we can create a little more revenue so the, and the real estate owners can charge the, the bar owners a little bit more in rent to help pay for that additional site and the spot back where the volleyball courts would be. Um, I think it was already mentioned by staff uh, that John Perkins, who's the Greenbush neighborhood uh, president, has issued a letter of support. This was agreed by his 12-person council, so they've talked about this issue um, and uh, were in support. All their experts also supported it, stating that you know this seems like a, an amenity that the students would enjoy. Um, so I think some very positive feedback there. Uh, I think we're going to have some opposition from the, the neighbor, the Vilas neighborhood, who has not been pleased with the operations at 1421. Some of the issues we've had at 1421 is is uh, the building is an old building. It doesn't have insulated walls. You know, this is a different building. And, you know, I know this issue isn't before us today, but uh, Alder Eskers put in all kinds of restrictions with our approval in order to minimize impacts to the neighborhood. For example, no outdoor amplified music. Uh, we have to shut down by a certain time. So we think the checks and balances are in place to minimize any negative impact to the neighbors, and we would appreciate your support on this uh, agenda item. Questions for Mr. Ripley? Mr. Rui? Um, you just said amplified music. I believe the restriction was all amplification, not just music. Correct, yeah. Okay, just fine. You. That includes, uh, We're not gonna have any that includes the referee uh, not having a microphone. Correct. Okay. They might have a whistle, but yeah. okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make it a soft whistle. Um, any additional questions for Mr. Ripley? Thank you, sir. Oh, I'm whoa. The, been lit up. Let's just turn my head for a second. Mr. Shepard first. Oh, uh, any comments about the volleyball court? Which would about I, the trees? Right. You know, I, I think what we should have is a to-do to if if the trees are outside of the 30 by 60 space, I think we should try to save them and wrap them with a padded. Uh, assuming we can. I mean, if it's right on right on the line, but I think we should take the to-do back to at all possible save the trees. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that. You know, I, I wish I was over there with tape measure today to see exactly where they're sitting. Um, so I can't guarantee we can save all of them, but if, if John, I think, said we have, there's four that we're gonna be removed, he said for sure one can be saved. Um, John, I don't, I don't know how close the others are, is it? They're very, very close, but we'll do what we can and we'll see. You can't, you have to come up okay. close to the mic, we have TV, then people need to hear you. Um, I don't believe we're going to be able to save the ash, um, but we will do what we can to save the other two. 
so yeah, I'm, I would be comfortable adding a, a padding around that tree. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a simple thing. You you put the padding around the metal poles that hold the lights anyway. So this would obviously just be a much bigger pad that would go around that tree. Uh, and then obviously we would make sure that the participants would know, hey, okay, we got the tree here. <laughs> right. Don't run into it, but the tree will win. Thank you, Ms. Berger. I'm also a little concerned about. Um, how is it seven randall seven south randall yeah. um about how that's going to work just with the long-term picture and development of this block i know right now it's you know i'm just sitting there as pavement and obviously you know it looks like you make it better use pavement do you also um own the property on the corner or do you know do you have any idea what the long-term vision is for that corner because once we approve this as part of your property then it kind of landlocks that funky little corner right spot. Yeah, we already own Seven Randall. Um, we've had discussions with the owners on the corner lot. Uh, they're interested in selling to us as part of our development, but what they said is it doesn't pay to sell until the billboard issue is gone. So we have an issue currently with three billboards on the roof with Adams. We cannot develop that property with residential real estate because there's an ordinance against adding any residential property to a billboarded property. So the billboards, I believe, expire 1231 of 2020. Um, we've also had discussions with the other three lots on Randall, and uh, he's interested in potentially becoming part of a bigger development as well. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Alder um, I don't know exactly how they do it, but some uh, volleyball courts that are in this kind of close proximity to residential do not use whistles. Would you be willing to um, explore that? And if there are other volleyball courts that do not use whistles, which again, my understanding is there are, that you would also not, given the proximity to residential? Of course. Okay, thank you. Any additional questions for Mr. Ripley? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, all the remaining registrants are in opposition. Uh, the next registrant is Neil Lord, 1518 Jefferson Street. Opposed, wishing to speak, to be followed by Mary Diamond. Hello, my name is Neil Lord. Um, I'm a resident of 1518 Jefferson Street, which is about 100 feet from the property, which is uh, in question tonight. Um, we're the second house where Rod Ripley currently has uh, Lucky's Tavern. Um, we've had oh, noise complaints against uh, his operation for the last two years. Um, We've talked with Rod on several occasions. We've called the police when we've had issues with noise, but um, roughly about four nights a week we'll hear their noise coming from their stereo system or from their entertainment. Um, he's not been a very responsive um, manager in terms of the people who he hires. It tends to be young people who are irresponsible or, or, or not effective in containing what goes on in the bar. Um, and this is a lot larger space. He's just moving a few doors down. Um, we'll still be able to um, be exposed to the things that are going on there. Uh, biggest concerns that we have um, is that uh, this space really isn't conductive to uh, the neighbors. Um, there's uh, 13 properties which are 40 feet away. Um, 
they're going to be impacted by the noise and by the light. Um, even with shielding, I'm sure that there's uh, going to be a lot of disturbance because it's very close. Um, in our situation, at least, uh, there's one house in between us. There's uh, some acoustics going on, which bring us a lot closer. But um, it's not an impossible situation for the new people. Um, there's houses which are, are very cheek to jowl with uh, where they're going to be having this activity. And this is going to be for six months every day from uh, noon or until um, uh, 10.30. And it's something which, even if it's not uh, very loud, it's something that's there all the time. Uh, it's, it is going to be um, affecting the way that people are enjoying their property. And for the landlords, um, they're not going to be able to charge as much rent because their tenants are going to come. They'll um, be just uh, they'll leave because uh, they, they want to get away from the nuisance. Um, the landlord will also have to uh, get new tenants every year as um, people come uh, and decide they want to go someplace else. Um, and for the tenants themselves, um, why should they have to be exposed to all this? There's other places where there's volleyball courts. Um, even the stuff that was done at the stadium bar just a block and a half away, there was only really one large apartment building in another complex. Um, the rest of it was surrounded by the parking lot or by the campus police or the UW uh, Randall uh, uh, Park. And this is just situated right in the middle of residential housing. It's not appropriate to have this kind of use going on six months a year every day. Thank you very much. Other questions for Mr. Lord? Seeing none, thank you. Uh, Mary Diamond, 1518 Jefferson Street. That sounds familiar. Um, opposed wishing to speak to be followed by Hans Borcherding. Welcome, Ms. Diamond. Hi, thank you for letting me speak. I'm Mary Diamond. I live at 1518 Jefferson Street. My concern, of course, is the impact on the people who live there. We have lived 60 feet from Rod's current bar for the last, well, Neil moved, since he's owned it, really, but for the last two years, it's been kind of an evening, every evening occurrence of noise. And uh, when I've tried to talk to him or a manager or the police, nothing has changed. Now they are not allowed to have entertainment. It's a little bit better, but you can still hear the music through the walls. Um, I was impressed with Sarah Eskrich's um, restrictions when the liquor license was first granted to this to 1313. We were not aware of this, the meeting happening, so we couldn't didn't participate. While the applicant previously thought, sought a capacity of 110 for the outdoor dining area, a smaller capacity of 58 was approved based on limiting potential noise conflicts with the neighboring residential properties. I think that's Alder Estridge is doing. With the new request for 82 in the outdoor dining area, plus 24 in the volleyball courts, uh, 1313 now uh, reaches 106 people out there and they originally wanted 110, and 110 was denied, plus an outdoor beer garden, which is going to be operating till 10 o'clock, 365 days a year, with the exception of football Saturdays. I know that Mr. Ripley was upset with the fact that Scotty Barr could have a beer, uh, an outdoor beer garden, and they couldn't. Well, it looks like he's achieved it after all. 
Um, and thank you for your concern about the trees. We have just lost two maples on our terrace due to disease. Uh, it's amazing how a big tree can filter both noise and light. Trees are much more than shade or something kind of pretty. I'm not a tree hugger, but we, when we lost our two maples and little tiny crabapple tree was replaced, it was, there was a marked difference in our house. Uh, these trees will protect the, the residential neighborhood nearby, but also even something as far away as a block. We drove over there uh, the other day and looked at the whole site, and I was impressed with how beautiful the trees were, and I thought, what a tragedy to lose them. Also, Sarah Eskridge had uh, agreed on a kind of a green space, which is now turned into the sand volleyball. Um, volleyball is a competitive, noisy sport, and thank you for recommending no whistles. Neil had sort of jokingly thought we should bring a whistle tonight's meeting and every three minutes blow it. We will hear that in our house, which is not 100 feet, but 200 feet away. My concern is the impact of this kind of business right up against a residential neighborhood. We've lived this for two years. Um, somebody's got to give. We accept the fact that there are cars and drunks and there's a bar near us because when you walk up the street, can you see guys in a minute? Um, and I also think that the business owner needs to be more courteous toward the fact that people actually live there, even if they are only apartment dwellers. But we're a homeowner. Thank you. Questions from Ms. Diamond? Thank you, Ms. Diamond. Uh, the next um, registrant is Hans Borcherding, 1524 Jefferson Street. Opposed, wishing to speak, to be followed by Fraser Gerd. Welcome, Mr. Fortuning. Thank you. Um, I'm going to start this out by reminding you that the city has encouraged residential residential ownership in the Bylas Greenbush neighborhood. Um, oh, given your height, uh, <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'd like to remind you the city has encouraged residential ownership. The issue with this bar and has the issue has been noise, noise, and noise. Okay, that's discouraging residential ownership. They're asking to reduce parking, add volleyball. That's going to add noise. Volleyball is not a quiet sport. Outdoor seating, they're looking to double it. That's increasing noise going into the neighborhood irregardless of a six or an eight foot wooden fence. Um, I hate to put it this way, but I would ca characterize Mr. Ripley as a bad actor. The building he is currently in, he has been responsible for maintaining. It's been trashed, it's been graffiti, it's been falling down and that has only changed with the new bar owner coming in fixing it up. I will once again relate that my family in the past dealt with trash pickup at 5 in the morning. I've spent years talking to Mr. Ripley, to waste management. Nothing changed until, and I want to emphasize this, until I called city building inspection and they threatened to send a building inspector down and find Mr. Ripley if this continued. This, unfortunately, I think is a pattern that is continuing. I'm concerned it will continue. I would like you guys to know he makes all sorts of promises. So all of us around, he will say what needs to placate people. 
he doesn't follow through and that has been my experience and the experience of many of the neighbors in the neighborhood I'm going to ask you guys to put yourself in our shoes and ask yourselves do you want a bar outdoor seating outdoor volleyball noisy entertainment in your backyard until 10.30 every night we have not appreciated that and we don't want to see it continue thank you questions for Mr. Borchardin thank you sir the next um, registrant is Fraser Gerd, 1526 Jefferson Street opposed wishing to speak followed by Chuck Erickson spirit welcome got three minutes thank you, you need Mr. an additional Chair. minute you can have it I will I talk I'm a slow talker I'll try to ramp it up um, this is for me this is kind of deja vu for about 18 years I was uh, chair of the uh, zoning committee and, and the violence neighborhood association I don't do that anymore I've distanced themselves I don't even get the list sort of stuff anymore but this this seems very much like uh, this the stadium bar uh, which uh, those of you who were at the time that they came for their uh, volleyball and expansion plan uh, in an unlikely event the uh, person from uh, Madison, Madison property management came and said we have concerns about this please consider our neighbors our, our, our tenants that we have because they had uh, along Spring Street in the corner of Randall and Randall Court all those uh, older uh, properties um, and uh, so they were worried about that um, the um, I have some personal experience with a, a beer garden and kitty corner in the backyard back when there was like something called Gracie's Grill we had outdoor eating area and it doesn't take too much noise and laughter and yuck it up and clinkety clank to uh, kind of get you, you notice that kind of that kind of thing um, so the, these the, the, the good folks over in Greenbush are who have some of them haven't moved into their places yet are going to find that there is something that they didn't know about when they when they get there. Um, now, my main concerns are parking because I think that there is basically no parking and people are going to go back in the Greenbush area and even go up uh, Jefferson Street and and the others and Adams. Uh, the, to, to park, uh, they're going to be running buses to the coal center, all this other stuff. Um, and so, while I appreciate that it's nice that they didn't bother finding out about the billboard, uh, they didn't notice the billboards. They didn't find out about the billboard leases, uh, and so now, to aid them as a holding pattern, the neighborhood and the nearby tenants have to have to contribute by putting up with uh, noise and uh, more congestion and stuff like that you know if you're getting real estate uh, you might buy in the old days you bought a, a, a uh, open air movie theater and you know the big sky or something and hold on to it for 20 years and after a while 
thought up a whole bunch of other stuff out there. Can you summarize in another minute? Sure, can. Thank you. Um, so th there's also the interaction with the continual ratcheting that occurs as you bounce back and forth between the plan commission and the ALRC. You know, I got more space from uh, plan commission, so now I'd like to do more drinking, and you go back and forth uh, in the uh, the seam between the two uh, the two bodies, and. I would like this to work. It's far enough away. I won't notice lots, probably some, but I don't know. Um, but I think the main thing is the, the folks nearby. As for the trees, don't get too in love with them. As they get too big, they will start to fail, and you'll need to take a few of them down, as the city forester has probably already told you. Questions for Mr. Gerd? Seeing none, thank you. And the final registrant is Chuck Erickson, 1541. 41 Jefferson Street. I apologize Street. for my handwriting. Opposed or wishing to speak? Welcome, Mr. Erickson. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this evening. My name is Chuck Erickson. I live at 1541 Jefferson Street. I've lived there going on 25 years. And I'm also the Dane County Board Supervisor for District 13. And I've been on the county board for just over, just about 15 years now. I was just reelected in April. Um, so there's many things I could comment. Uh, most of the issues have been touched on already. But the one thing I wanted to mention briefly, I appreciate your concern about the trees. If you look down the 1500 block of Jefferson Street, we have a beautiful canopy. It's, a, it's one of the assets of the neighborhood. It's something I'm really proud of. And I, I'm here tonight asking that you um, vote against the volleyball courts and also vote against increasing the seating. Um, I could go on and on about why we're at this point, but for tonight, I would just ask that you do vote against the volleyball courts and against the increased seating. I haven't looked at the plan closely enough, but I think if you don't have volleyball courts there, the trees stay. Is that a correct assumption? So if you want to save the trees, vote against this, okay? So um, basic reason, again, it's been said already, um, this is the wrong use in the wrong place. When it comes down to this, the last thing this area needs is another bar. I know that's not the issue right now, but in this area, we do not need another bar, period. When I'm backing out of my garage, I look down the alley toward Randall Avenue, I see number seven, South Randall. I see it there. And the bottom line with this is that you are introducing a use which is not there, has not been there, that's incompatible with residential areas. I mean, I, I can't for the life of me think why anyone would think that having volleyball, outdoor volleyball, for six months of the year from 5.30 to 10.30 on a weekday, I was, when I first read that, I was like, are you kidding me? Um, there's some other issues I just want to mention, I feel like, just to dispel. Again, like I said, I've lived in my house 25 years. Frazier's lived in his house much longer. Hans and Carol have lived in, his house, in their house almost 20 years, 15. And also um, Mary and Neil have lived in their house probably 20 years. The guy who lives across the street from me, if he wasn't born in the house, he's eight, well, 
78, I think. If he wasn't born there, he was brought there when he was a baby, when he was born. My point is that there seems to be this notion that this is just a bunch of students and just a bunch of renters. So then we can come down and we can propose whatever the heck we want, want to, and it's not going to matter. My aside for this, I'll try not to go on, off on a tangent, but I represent everybody. I represent the students. I represent the grad students. I represent the permanent residents. I re represent the yes. I represent the long-term residences who are renters. I represent everybody. I care about everybody who lives there. So when you look at this location, you could say, well, it's just rental around there. That's all it is. Well. Those people aren't going to be crazy about having outdoor volleyball going on with whistles or whatever it is and yelling and screaming when they rent a place where they might want some peace and quiet now and then. So I don't know if that it's, it's like that attitude that, you know, you just have some neighbors who are complaining. And again, if you went to the, let's see, Jefferson Street in Oakland at 7 in the morning, I think a lot of people would be shocked at the number of grade school kids there are there waiting for the bus. So this isn't just one group of people or one type that want to party all the time. There are students I know of who don't like partying and who you know, don't like drinking. And it goes back to my point again, why would we have another bar in this location? We have enough bars, we don't need any point anymore. But my point with this is don't approve the volleyball courts. Don't approve increasing the outdoor seating. If anything, dial the outdoor seating back completely because that will negatively impact and it's a different use. It's incompatible with the residences around there. Thank you. Questions for Mr. Erickson? Thank you. Okay, I will, are there questions for any of the registrants? Then I will close the public hearing. Questions for staff? Mr. Shepard. I have one quick question on the, um, in the report it mentions that the volleyball court would be open between May and October. Mm -hmm. Is that something that should be in the conditions or? I didn't see that. Maybe I missed it somewhere. Uh, that could certainly be, if it's not uh, explicitly stated, that could be added as a condition okay. or to one of the conditions. Okay. Thank you. Any additional questions of staff? Then a motion. Mr. Cantrell, just a second. Uh, did you have... I was going to make a motion. Mr. Cantrell's there. Oh, okay. Before we get to the motion, um, Mr. King... As a question, Alder King, sorry. So can you clarify, we've been hearing 1030 all the time, but the letter from um, the Greenbush Neighborhood Association says 10. So is it 10 or 1030? As proposed in the applicant's materials, it's 1030. There's a condition of approval recommended by the planning division that, that uh, players um, the, the, are off the court at 10 o'clock p.m. and that the applicant has 15 minutes to clean up the site before the lights had to be off at 1015. So that is a, a change recommended by planning staff. That's condition two, Alder King. Thank you. Uh, so are we back to uh, Mr. Plutsky? Thank you. I, I'd like to make a motion. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to replace on file with outrages. 
Okay, seconded by Alder Zellers. Um, discussion? Uh, Mr. Rui? Could that be modified uh, with the place on file without a prejudice? You can make a substitute. Well, I, I didn't hear you say that. Okay. It was without prejudice. Okay. Ms. Berger? Um, I shouldn't have pushed my button yet. <laughs> okay, I'll come back to you. Mr. Cantrell? I, I was uh, going to make a similar motion, but I was, I'll ask staff, I, should, should the motion be that we deny the conditional use based on that it doesn't comply with the standards? For example, condition number three, which is the uses and values and enjoyment of other properties in the neighborhood for purposes already established will not be substantially impaired. I think it will be impaired. Or is Mr. Pileski's motion the appropriate motion, I guess? Uh, I, I would go to the, the zoning code, and uh, it, it notes that uh, decision of the plan commission shall include findings of fact. When a conditional use application is denied, the findings of fact shall, be, shall list the standards that have not been met and the reasons such standards have not been met. So I, I believe, to your question, Mr. Crenshaw, uh, more detail should be provided. And uh, to clarify the, the motion, and just um, the, there are two conditional uses and then multiple alterations. The two conditional uses that are requested here are the parking reduction, which is 88 stalls, and the outdoor seating um, area, which was already approved with a capacity of 58. So it would be very clear as part of what was uh, modifications to what the, this body approved back last fall. And the other changes included in the, the volleyball courts are, are site alterations to an approved conditional site. So just as you structure your, your motion, I would just note that um, that's, that's how this request is before you. Okay, so I want to come back. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Furco. I want to come back to Mr. Uh, Pilevsky and ask if you want your motion to apply to both conditional uses or do you want to uh, in some way separate those? Bye. Was that the um, conditional use that was approved last year remained just as it is? That the only thing we're dealing with is the requests that are uh, here tonight, and that the whole package that's here tonight be placed on file without prejudice. My uh, feeling on this was the reason that I did place on file without prejudice is that although I think that the um, the request doesn't meet approval standards one, three, four, or nine, um, mainly because of the noise and because of the incompatibility of the uses um, that are proposed tonight with the volleyball court, and then the rejiggering of the um, population on the ter on the property, and with the rejiggering of the parking requirements, and with the rejiggering of what the um, parcel is with the addition of 7 Randall. Um, it's possible that there are ways to amend this so that it isn't a completely incompatible new set of uses um, that are divorced from the contested approval of the conditional, conditional uses that we did last year. I am concerned um, greatly concerned about what appears to be nibbling 
here. Um, we've got a, an approved conditional use that was approved contested um, over the wishes of the neighborhood. And here we are back before the place is opened and we're asking for something new and bigger and more noise. And, and maybe there's a way to do it, but I don't see it here today. Um, so I'm suggesting place on file without prejudice and if the developer can come up with a way that isn't going to substantially change what he had gotten approval for and has not yet commenced using, then perhaps we could take a look at it. But until we actually have some history and performance with what we approved last time, I don't think we should be doing another kick of cap. Well, thank you for the clarification and the citation of the conditional use standards. I think that's really helpful for everybody. Mr. Cantrell? I, I agree with uh, uh, my uh, commissioner colleague here. I, I believe that uh, uh, this is way too premature to, to approve any changes. Uh, we just approved um, the outdoor seating for 58 uh, last fall. Uh, the use hasn't even opened yet. We have no track record. Uh, we don't know how it's going to react. Uh, the, uh, the, it's going to be operated. We, we, um, uh, this is actually a quite large outdoor uh, seating area. We've, the, uh, in the past, we've reviewed some for 14 seats and 20. Uh, uh, this one's again for 58. Uh, that we approved. Again, I'm concerned that we haven't any track record to even judge if this is going to be uh, uh, the, what we've already approved going to be detrimental to the neighborhood. We have continuous jurisdiction on these conditional use uh, applications and especially outdoor uh, seating areas. So I, I feel that we should see how this what, or what we approved, uh, uh, how it's conducted and how it's operated and how it's managed. And, and if, if that uh, is well done, uh, I think that uh, the applicant can come back uh, at that time in the future uh, for some modifications. I am concerned about uh, outdoor volleyball courts um, uh, in general uh, and especially in areas that are very, um, uh, they're surrounded by residential uses. They may be apartments, they may be renters and rather than specifically owners, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's residential. Um, but, but, uh, but that being said, again, my uh, support for this motion is that I think that we should have some track record and that I do not believe that it does uh, meet the conditional use standards as my commissioner colleague uh, suggested. Thank you, Mr. Cantrell. Mr. Furco, do you have some clarification first? Uh, it's, it's a requested clarification of the body. Uh, one of, I wanted to make sure that with the motion that was uh, before you right now, that you were indeed requesting that all, uh, all of the items be placed on file, including the expansion of the parking area. There were several concerns um, raised here this evening about the inadequacy of parking. I wanted to understand the, this body's intent with the addition of that parking uh, the the eight-stall parking lot. So that was a clarifying question. Okay, let me go back to the maker of the motion. My feeling on the parking is that um, the body has approved a contested a contested contested conditional use for a particular set of parking. 
the package that's before us, and I, I understand that you can split them up and you know, divide the question into multiple parts, but the, um, the addition of the parking, as Mr. Ripley said, was a quid pro quo. How about I give you parking and you give me volleyball courts? I don't want to interfere with that agreement or putative agreement um, on the quid pro quo, but I don't like it. And so I'd say take it away and keep what we, what we agreed to last time um, and not muddy the waters. If the parking develops otherwise and you want to bring back the parking as a standalone, fine. Um, that is consistent with placing it on file without prejudice. But as far as Mr. Ripley saying, I'll give you parking if you give me volleyball, which I heard him say, I'm not interested in the deal. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Furco. Did you want to add anything? Oh, well, that, that, that clarifies the intent uh, of the motion. Uh, okay. Mr. Tucker, I believe one Mr. Said. Tucker. I just, this uh, additional lot at 7 South Randall is now part of the development site. When the project first came in, uh, we worked pretty hard with the applicant to get as much parking as we possibly could on the site. Uh, and since then, they have acquired it and have the ability to add parking, and I think there is a... Um, this is the best place where you do conditional use alterations. There's not a better place in the Planning Commission to handle conditional use alterations. And uh, it, it's commonly known that the facility is going to increase congestion of on-street parking in the area because it provides very little. So you have an opportunity here to add parking if you want to, but you would need to just split that out and um, handle that as like a separate part of your motion. And uh, I, we would... Uh, not be considering approving it administratively if they apply for it as a separate item. They would be showing back up here in six to ten weeks if they wanted to approve it for the exact same thing. Thank you. Um, is anyone uh, is there anyone wishing to separate the motion, uh, Mr. Cantrell? Hello. Yeah, yes, I'd like to separate the parking out. I, I again just the parking. I'm not interested in, in, in adding capacity or anything like that. Um, and if Mr. Rui wants the bump-out move from the, the east to the west uh, with the uh, parking improvement, that would be... Well, let's, see. let's first see if okay. everyone agrees to separate the parking. Is there, is there agreement? Agreed. Okay. We, ha we have unanimous consent, so that we have the motion divided... Uh, let's take up the parking question first, then, Mr. Cantrell. Well, I would move that the uh, eight-stall parking lot uh, be approved, uh, with the uh, bump-out islands being moved from the east to the west to join in the street. Is there a second? Seconded by Mr. Rui. Discussion. We're, remember, we're only talking about the parking. Um, Mr. Rui. That, that was for the last. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So, on the parking, is there any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. It passes unanimously. Now we're back to the main motion, which is everything else, and that motion remains the same. 
with the exception of the parking. Anyone else on the motion? Ms. Berger. Um, I guess I, I feel um, I, I agree with what um, has been said by um, other commissioners. Um, I feel slightly differently about the volleyball as potentially being an amenity to the neighborhood. I think that the way that it's proposed, um, I am not supportive of it, but um, I do think that there are benefits to having activities in addition to just bar space. And um, I do live in this neighborhood. I live about three and a half blocks away from this. I know that there's volleyball just around the corner at the public park, um, but you know, there's not light um, there. At least I don't think there is. So I think that that's you know, probably wraps up earlier, isn't so disturbing to the neighborhood. Um, anyways, I, I just wanted to say, I think that the volleyball, if done better, um, might not be, um, it would be something that I could potentially approve in the future, but I definitely don't approve of the increased capacity. Um, I think, yeah, like what everybody else said, we um, already reduced it the first time it came around. I don't see any reason to increase it at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Rui? Thank you. Uh, back to this, I wanted to say I concur with what Mr. Cantrell said earlier on this subject and that uh, the place isn't even open yet from the prior conditional use and now wanting more, it seems premature. Thank you. Anyone else on the motion? Then all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed no. Passes unanimously. Uh, I believe that concludes our business, unless there are business by members. Oh, Ms. Berger. I was just wondering, did, maybe I missed it because I came in a little late, but do we discuss this? Do we need to discuss this that was in our packet for communication? Um, we did not discuss it. Uh, I mean, oh, hmm? we can't. What? We can't discuss it. Oh. Okay. It's just a communication. Okay. I mean, it sounds like something's being requested of us. I'm not suggesting that we heed that request, but I don't just wasn't sure if we were supposed to acknowledge. Staff it. have any uh, any communication to the commission? I mean, it, it would be up to this body to take action with it or not take action. And I'm not with suggesting it. that. Yeah. I it's just okay. merely a communication to the body uh, by a concerned citizen. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, any announcements? Ms. Berger, did you? No? <laughs> Trying to turn it off. Okay. Uh, motion to adjourn. Mr. King, Alder King, rather, seconded by Alder Zellers. And all Alder motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. We are adjourned.